0: DJ Chase got beat peace and blessings people you are now listening to Do it your damn self with Jada Taylor peace and blessings peace and blessings I am back <laughs> oh my gosh it's been a minute. I took one week off, and then that turned into two weeks. And let me tell you, it was just much needed, okay? <laughs> I've had a lot going on in my life. Oh Man, but you know what? I'm not going to get into all the details of that. I'm going to just say I'm blessed, and I am glad to be in the space that I'm in. And, you know, I could not let another week go by without giving a new episode, because I was like, yeah, there's some stuff I want to talk about, you know, but also like, I want to be consistent, you know, Um, I really enjoy doing this podcast, I've been hearing from you guys that you enjoy listening, so, you know, let's just keep doing what we do together, yeah, (laughs) but no, for real, I'm so glad to be back, Um, I'm actually recording this on Saturday, and I'm going to edit it and drop it on Saturday because, you know, I give you new episodes on Saturday. So yeah, we got no time to waste. I was like, yeah, I'm not letting another week go by, even though it was a busy week. I didn't really have time to record during the week. I was like, "Um, yeah, you can definitely do this right now. So that's what we're doing. (laughs) I hope everybody is well. I hope everybody is um, taking some time, man. Like that's why I said I had to take some time. I needed to get my life in order. Um, and then I came back this week. It was a rough week, man. Like I was off Instagram for about a week and that was nice, you know, a nice cleanse. And um, I left right after DMX passed. Rest in peace uh, X. And I was like, all right, you know, it's becoming a lot. And the day I left Instagram, I also saw that video of Black Rob that he posted from um, inside the hospital bed. And I was just like, all right, I don't want to deal with any more death and stuff like that. And he died, um, a few days later, rest in peace, black Rob. So, you know, I was hearing about that. And then this week, the George Floyd trial, um, was a bag of mixed emotions for me. I won't go into too many, too much detail, um, about that because I feel like a lot of my feelings, they probably won't come out the right way. And, I feel like a lot has been said. Um, Everything that needs to be said has been said. I'll just say that while I am glad for a conviction, I'm torn between feeling like it is the bare minimum and it is what should have been done many times before. So I'm not really in a place to celebrate necessarily, but I do say, you know, love towards his family, George Floyd's family, man. Um, and then on that same evening, a uh, 15-year-old girl, uh, Micaiah Bryant. I hope I'm saying her name right, Makaya, I don't know if it's Makaya or Makia. I haven't watched too much dealing with that because again, my brain heart cannot take that. That's that's just too much overload. But um, she was killed in Columbus, Ohio, and you know, there's been a lot of emotions surrounding that and i am just weary for our children and our people and the future <laughs> so in order to preserve some of the optimism and in order to you know maintain some of that sanity um, I just step away. you know, and I talked about this before on Instagram. It's like when things like this happen, traumatic things like this, you know, our first instinct is to these days run to social media, tell the world how we feel performative posts, those types of things. And you know, I'm a silent person. I, I I mean, I'm not you know silent in the sense that I'm quiet, but I'm silent in the sense that when something is um triggering or affecting to me, i'm I'm holding back on my thoughts.. Uh, Especially as I get older, I try not to be too impulsive and post those things on social media. And a lot of people I see criticizing about people being silent, you know, like, oh, well, you should be saying this and you should be saying that. And, you know, if you're silent, unfollow me. And, you know, it's just like I'm not going to judge anybody for their silence, especially black people. At times like this, like you be quiet, listen, heal, do what you need to do. Like, who am I to judge that, that you're not saying anything? Like, oh my God, that means you don't care. Like, come on, we got to do better with that. So I stay silent because it maintains me. And if other people do the same, I'm totally not judging. Also, on the other hand, if you're speaking out and every day you're posting and you're going live and you're talking, you're dialoguing and you're getting at people and, you know, conversing and stuff, I support that too. I'm not in the business of telling uh, victims how to mourn. So, yeah, (laughs) this episode is probably going to be a little bit longer. It it definitely is going to be longer because I took two weeks off. So, you know, I usually try to keep it like in the 20 minute, you know, no more than about 30 minute range. But it might go a little bit over. But I mean, y'all listen, y'all listen. I'm going to make it interesting because I'm going to talk about a lot of things. I told you, all you know, I'm going to try to watch some stuff. I'm mad weird sometimes. Like I like TV, I like movies and stuff, but like I will avoid watching things because I'm just like I'm home now, working from home. So like I'm I'm taking in so much like screen time, and I'm sometimes I get tired of watching stuff. I'm like, oh, uh, my brain doesn't want to like process new things. So like I will watch old things, reruns, because you know maybe my brain is like I know how this is gonna play out. So. It's enjoyable to not have to do work and think about, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, No, let me watch this old episode, know how it's going to go, quote some of the lines out loud, laugh, and give my brain a break. It is tired of thinking, okay? It is April 24th. My brain is tired. (laughs) The first thing I'm going to talk about is the 420 Method Man Red Man Versus so yeah i'm a big versus fan like i was around when they first started um i remember back the neo versus jonte austin versus like that was fire it's i think it's on youtube um y'all should watch it i did not know jonte austin wrote all those hits that he wrote i was like okay (laughs) jonte no but um so i've been watching i watched all of them and then you know last year when we were all in quarantine that was getting a lot of people through because I'm a concert head. I'm a music head. I love live music. I love going to shows and experiencing it with people and being there with the artists and blah, blah, blah. So Versus for me was like a concert in my living room. And this is something that these young kids these days, y'all are so lucky. Like when I, when this, when I was like my student's age, I would have loved to be able to, like, get on Instagram, well, maybe at the time, get on MySpace, get on Facebook, get on Skonex, and be able to, like, go live with, like, B2K, Bow Wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have loved that, and y'all can do that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's... Not the same, you know, it's not like being there in person, but like to get on, sign on on your phone and see your favorite artist performing, people in the comments, you know, you got like Michelle Obama, Missy Elliott, like Holly Robinson, Pete, like mad people that you would never see in the same spot. (laughs) <laughs> in real life are uh, in the comments of this verse is just like talking and you feel like you like kind of peeking in on how the other half lives a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, like my comment is right up there next to, you know what I'm saying? Michelle Obama's like, okay. <laughs> it feels like almost you might be sitting next to her. So, you know, maybe people don't think about it that much, but for me, I'm like that's just a really just like dope experience. So Versus is just dope for me. I know a lot of people have been complaining because they went kind of mainstream. You know, they started off as just like an Instagram live between two artists. There, one artist in his house, the other one in their house, and they just go. But now it's more of a production. They got Triller, they got Apple TV, they got Ciroc, You know, they getting they they getting money now, um, and they got a few hands in the pot. So. It's more of a production that has caused a lot of issues with you know the subsequent verses that have come since it has evolved. I think the last verses where they did where they tried to do two people in two different places going live was the Teddy Riley and Babyface. That was just epic. Y'all remember that. <laughs> I probably died laughing over the meme from that for like a week straight. That was the most hilarious shit I've seen in my life. But I know for sure after the Teddy Riley Babyface, they were like, "Yeah, nah, <laughs> we got we we changing it, we changing the format up." So then they started being in the same place, um. But then you know that caused kind of issues too, like, um, the things had to be rescheduled because if they both couldn't be there, then COVID rates started going back up, you know, and they had to cancel things to make sure it was social distance, and you know, so it became a thing, um, you know. Um, but that's what happens, you know, when you bring in these corporations and, you know, you're getting white dollars, <laughs> you start getting problems. OK, um, I have my own thoughts about that. I mean, I'm glad they're getting paper, but, you know, for us, buy us. But, you know, OK, I want to go ahead and sell the apple, this, that, and the third, whatever, fine. um. But I was just like, all right, once y'all do that, keep it Black, keep it authentic, because that's where it started, showcasing Black artists and our legends, our living legends, and giving them their flowers while they're still here. Uh, okay, hence the DMX and Snoop Dogg versus. okay? Glad that we got to see that. So yeah, Met the Man and Red Man, they did their thing, of course, on 420. You know how high? I'm not like... The, I'm not the most familiar with their music, but of course I've seen how high familiar with the soundtrack. You know, I know the um, I know Rock Wilder from the Blackout album. I know they like biggest hits. Like I know, so I watched. I was excited to watch it, and yo, it was it was amazing. Like it was the best verses that I've seen <laughs> since that first one. Um, it was just th- those two. Um, who said it in the chat? I think it was Raekwon. He said that they're the blues brothers of rap man, I was like, yeah, they are. Like they, the way they just play off each other lyrically, it was just something beautiful to watch, you know, like even not knowing all the songs, but just watching them, like, like they seem like they really just good friends, you know, like they were just vibing up there. And it was just like, it was just fun. It brought out a lot of special guests. Um, my husband is more familiar with that music than I am. So he knew like all the special guests and stuff. And, um, I know, um, dang, what was his name? Um, let me clear my throat. I kill myself for not knowing the name right now, but he came out. Um, he's 63 years old, but he sounded just like the song. I was like, ah, <laughs> it was just dope. Like met the man and red man are in their fifties and they just will rap bing, bar for bar just going off, performing all their old songs. Like And just finishing each other's rhymes. They had such a chemistry. Like you could tell like they are really, really brothers (laughs) in real life and in music. It was just like so harmonious. I was just like, yes to the bitches and hoes that are just ringing off in complete harmony right now. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, I'm a music fan. So for me, that was beautiful. Um, My mom was watching. You know, I know she enjoyed it. She loved it. It was good. It definitely was like, even though, you know, their music is not clean and stuff, but it's one of those things that you watch with your mama (laughs) because it just like, it transcends generations. And I was just thinking, I hope a lot of these new artists were watching that versus because that is the blueprint. That is the standard, okay, for performance. I've seen a lot of these artists these days. They, what they, I'm a quote, air quote performances. It ain't that. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all performing at these little clubs, everybody got their phone out. You, eh, 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 eh. you know, I watched Sweetie's um Trilla performance at that fight. Honey, step it the fuck up. <laughs> it is no reason why the standard, like a Beyonce being the standard, is one thing, but it is no reason why these young girls should not be eating Beyonce up. Like y'all have the age. The stamina, y'all got the looks, y'all got the bodies, y'all got the money. Give us a performance. Like Sweetie was like, I'm I can't. I'm talking about meth and red, but it was trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, you lip syncing is one thing. But give us something, give us a reason why you lip syncing. Like you were just lip syncing, and it wasn't nothing to 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 give with it. Yeah, you were dancing, but it just didn't give. And then the lip syncing was all off. It was just bad. It was, it was just bad. Um, so I hoped a lot of artists, a lot of people who call themselves rappers were watching because I'm like, these men are in their 50s, and they were they went for two and a half hours rapping, rapping. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't want to come out and do a little perform, our performance. And that's the thing, too. Like, I feel like with these with the younger generation you know like my students around their age teenagers they don't know they don't know they don't have that experience of live music that we had you know when I was younger my parents and stuff like the only way they really experience music especially now in the pandemic is through their phone like oh you know my favorite rapper dropped a song on soundcloud somebody on apple somebody on spotify Yeah, that's nice to be able to listen to it. But, like, if you've never been to that person's concert, like, it's just different. Like, and I ain't talking about going to see them at a little club. That's cute or whatever. You know, you go see them at a little club. Oh, girl. But I'm talking about, like, Madison Square Garden, Barclays Center, like, wherever your city's big arena is, Prudential, whatever, MetLife, Summer Jam. If you've never experienced that, you have not experienced music because that is where – the vibe and the culture. That's how music started. Like rapping outside in the park, on the street corners, things like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's where music comes from. The people, the streets, the environment. So if you've never been to a show and seen a show of your favorite artist or any artist, you're not really experiencing music. And it's sad. Like so many of like my kids have not been to a concert. And I know it's a financial thing. Tickets are expensive. I was blessed that my parents they made they spent money on those things for me when I was younger. Like they bought us tickets to concerts and took us, you know, like they they invested in that stuff and those experiences for us. And I'm so grateful for that because I I'm as an adult who buys concert tickets now, I see how expensive those are shits are <laughs> so yeah you know I totally get it um but if you can like I don't know maybe downgrade the cell phone don't get the $1,200 iPhone use get them some tickets to a concert um you know it might run you maybe like 400 something you know what I'm saying a little birthday Christmas gift if you can do it if you can do it take them to a show Take And I know it might be hard to sit through an A-Boogie show, a Coy Ray show, whoever they listen to that might be performing. Don't people, you know, I, I can't see Coy se- uh selling out Madison Square Garden no time soon. Maybe she will. Best of luck to her. But it might be hard to sit through, parents, but do it. <laughs> um, It will make the most difference for the kids' experience and yours. I say all that to say the verses was lit and um, I totally enjoyed it. And yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. They got a few uh, surprises coming up. I, I can't wait. Speaking of music today, I think today or either yesterday, the was the five year anniversary of Lemonade. Beyonce. Oh man. I just had to talk about this because I mean, Lemonade, I mean, not to sound like, you know, one of those Instagram heads, but it was a cultural reset. It really was. I mean, she had the whole she had the film that came out with it. I remember when Lemonade came out, I didn't have HBO and I was tight because I really want to watch that film. And I didn't have title either. And I really, really, really want to watch that. I think I got a free trial or something. And that was how I saw it. And I just remember, like, being so in awe. I'm always in awe of everything she does, but I was just like, "Wow! Like, this is her. This is her thriller. Like this." And I say that for every artist, because you know, Thriller is like the greatest album of all time. But that was hers. Um, and I was like, "Wow! Like, she's really coming into her, or came into her womanhood. She was talking about her marriage. I remember the tea that was spilled on that album. Ooh." We were losing it, digesting the lyrics to that and, and dissecting them rather like, oh my gosh, you heard what she said? She said this. Like I remember when, um, ugh, now I got to go to the album because yeah, not, I, I didn't want to make it a thing, but it's a thing now. It's a thing. I remember when Don't Hurt Yourself came out and we were like, wow, really Jay? Really? This is you gonna who cheats on Beyonce? Sean. <laughs> <Shawn. laughs> Brooklyn, get your boy. We expect better than this. <laughs> like who the hell cheats on Beyonce? I mean, we get it like after women have kids, you know, things change. it's different, the body, the the life, the romance, you know. Y'all two working people, it might it's not, probably not always sexy, romantic, jetting off to an island with y'all. Y'all got three kids. Y'all be in the house. We get it. <laughs> B probably don't be wanting to put on makeup sometimes. She got the hair up in a ponytail. She got the old nightshirt on. You know, she's sitting on the couch trying to plan some meetings, put some things together. You seen Jay-Z, you know, he growing his hair out. Y'all got your looks going on. We get it. It's not always cute. Saturday night, kids ain't going to sleep. Blue Ivy need help with her online school. <laughs> right? Like it's, we get it. But beyonce, you think you gonna you still think you still think even at her worst you're gonna find something better than that if we're talking leveling up hypergamy, okay, um yeah, nah, we were not having that. We was like, oh no, you don't cheat on her, you don't cheat on the queen. <laughs> you don't, and um, I remember everybody just everybody was like empathizing with beyonce felt so bad for her. That was like the first time, like people really were like, wow, like I'm on the same level as Beyonce. We done been through the same things." (laughs) And it was like, she sung about heartbreaking things before. I'm sure they've been together a long time. They've had many ups and downs. I'm sure this is not the first time in their relationship that they have had these issues, right? They've been together for over 15 years. So other times when she's saying about heartbreaking stuff, it very well could have been about him. But this I felt like was very specific. She was like, you gonna lose your wife. <laughs> we were like, oh, well you only married to one person. So we know who's being talked about. And if she was exploring her roots she was doing country music with daddy lessons. Now, I know black people invented country music, but I know we're not the biggest purveyors of the genre and you know, you look at the CMA awards, we're not really up there a lot in terms of attending fans and artists in the category. But we invented it, okay? Like with every genre. But when she came out with Daddy Lessons, black black women put on their boots they put on their cowgirl hats, their 10 gallons. We put on them belt buckles. And we was like, yeah Texas. Ooh. <laughs> like, that was it. Beyonce said, we going country. We going country. Then she took it to New Orleans with Formation. She had her Creole roots. Oh, the, vi- the visuals. Mm, mm, mm. I must have, like. I remember when she performed at the Super Bowl, she announced, she performed formation at the Super Bowl cause it had just came out and she announced her world tour. And I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. It was the Mrs. Carter world tour, right? No, it was the formation world tour, duh. Mrs. Carter was before that. And I was like, I gotta go, I'm going. Um, and then I ended up going with my best friend's wife. Because I think she wasn't able to go, so I got her ticket. Or like we were supposed to go together. Yeah, we were supposed to go together, and she couldn't go, so her wife went in her place. Shout out to Samantha, Naisha. two mommies and a baby. <laughs> um, so she went in her place. I, I we had a great time. We had we were in the bleacher. We were in the nosebleeds. We were like four rows from the back. But let me tell you, it felt like I was right there in that pit. That was when she had the water on the stage. Y'all remember y'all. Her, YouTube the videos like you because she had the she did free when she did freedom they came out and it was the stage was a pool and they started dancing in the water freedom freedom I can't do I felt like the ancestors from the depths of Africa came up and that water was kicking and they were dancing oh oh that was that was some great shit right there that's what I mean about live music that's what I mean I lost it. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. It was so good. Lemonade, man. Lemonade. And I'll never forget that. I think Adele won Grammy, uh, album of the year or whatever, for her album. And she had to say Beyonce. She, hold on, I'm, I'm trying to imitate it because I, it was just so uh, B was pregnant too. She had just perform members. She went back in the chair. Da, 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 you love and we was like, B, no, you pregnant with the twins. Right? So she all emotional and stuff in the audience. And Adele, she like, Beyonce, you are the artist of our life, and we adore you. And B was like you. Do. It was good, man. It was such a good time. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. It was a great album. It was a great era. Um, you don't get music like that no more. You don't get music like that no more. Let me. I'll read her caption because she doesn't. You know, B doesn't post captions. Um, so this was the caption she posted for the anniversary. She said, "I'm grateful that this body of hold on. I should read it like Beyonce. Okay, let me get my Beyonce voice." I'm grateful that this body of work has resonated so deeply with so many people. I'm so thankful for the beautiful souls involved in making one of my favorite pieces of art. As I celebrate five years of lemonade, I encourage everyone to continue healing, loving, forgiving, and uplifting i hope you find joy today (laughs) i try because you know how she be hitting she be hitting them uh consonants hard i'm teasing them G's. she be hitting them hard um i hope she i wish she would have signed it with a like you know love b or i love when she says i love you deep thank you to my fans i love you deep (laughs) i'll be like she love us deep (laughs) yeah good time shout out to beyonce So I talk about this show a lot on social media. Yeah, not a lot, but I've mentioned it a few times. I've mentioned it enough times that y'all should be watching it by now. And it's called Good Trouble. It's on Freeform. Um, It's a spinoff of The Forsters, which was a show on Freeform that um, talked about this family who was... um, I think they were like a bunch of, um, adopted kids. They're very mixed race, mixed culture, mixed ethnicity family, but I didn't watch the Fosters, but I watched good trouble. Um, it is the best show that you're not watching. Not enough of y'all watch it and talk about it. And I don't like it. I don't, (laughs) that's gonna sit right with me because it's like, and then I'm like my cousin, um, hit me up the other day when I posted about it and was like, what's it about? And I was like, it's about everything. Like I can't even, t- I can't even try to put it into a short description because if it follows the two adoptive sisters from the family, um, they moved to LA to this, uh, communal living and they start in their life, but there's so much intertwined in it. There's like gender equality, pay gaps, um, black lives matter, you know uh sexual identity trans identity this is like so much built into the show um white supremacy patriarchy like it's so much built into the show but it's like all done with like these millennials living in LA you know getting their, getting it their lives like you know having sex trying to find their ways and fucking up along the way and i'm just it's good like it's i watch Grown-ish, too I feel like I'm a little bit old for grown-ish now, but good trouble puts me right in my age bracket where I need to be. Like, yeah, like still, you know, you're still young, you know, but you're not like in your 20s young. You know what I'm saying? You're not like that kind of young where it's like, oh, my God, I'm experiencing my first love, first this, first that. It's like, nah, you've been around, you know, for a while. Um but you know you're not super duper experienced in a lot of things you're trying to find your footing in your career you're trying to figure out the type of person you want to be you know how to pay taxes save for retirement all that shit like you know what I'm saying like but still you partying you getting drunk you throwing up you having sex with people you shouldn't be having sex with and you wondering where the hell I'm going my life you know like that's 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 you know, except for that part, because I'm married. So I only got I, you know I only got one partner, but still that's where I need to be. So I like the show. I really do enjoy it. And this one character on the show, her name is Malika, and she's black, she's a black woman. Um recently what she has been dealing with is she okay, I'm gonna try to recap as much as I can from her story. But basically, she had violated a restraining order against a judge, um because she was she's in an activist group, and they were protesting the murder of a young black man, I believe. Anyway, they were protesting the murder and the judge, uh, because the judge did not convict the police officer that killed him. She violated the restraining order and was, you know, sent to jail. She went to trial. She, she's good. She's exonerated, right? She is dating and has been dating um, Dro from Insecure in the show. Like, not in real life. Um, but I I only call him by his character on Insecure because that's probably how y'all know him best. But I know he's on a lot of shows. His name is um, Sharonis Jackson. Um, I know he's on, like, games People Play on BET. He was on some other show, I think. Um, but he's been on good trouble, you know, dating her. He's been there since the first season. So they've been dating on the show. Damn. Why can't I remember his name on the show? (laughs) That's killing me now. Now I'm trash for that. But, um, anyway, so they're dating. They have a beautiful relationship, beautiful, healthy love, healthy love. I love it. Healthy black love. Ooh, gets me up in the morning. (laughs) Shout out to Randall and Beth from this is us. Okay. They have a great relationship. He supports her. He um, is, you know, when she was going through her trial, he encouraged her to go to therapy. You know, he is a great, great partner for her. They're in love. They're sexy. They have chemistry. You know, they're like the perfect couple. Um, And then this season, Isaac, that's his name on the show, Isaac. Right. So Malika and Isaac on the show are together. There we go. This season, though, Malika is dealing with feelings of um polygamy. She wants to be in a polygamous relationship for some reason. For some reason. So it's the season starts off with her doing capoeira um with this young other young man. And I don't know who he is. Nobody knows who he is. And then we come to find out that he's her new co-worker. And it is shown in one particular episode that Isaac goes out of town. And while he's out of town, she's, you know, obviously she's spending time with the co-worker because this is when she's dealing with her trial. Um, and he wasn't going to leave Isaac. He was going to say, he said, you know, do you want me to stay? And she was like, no, go, you know, it's for work or something he had to do. She was like, go, you need to go. I'll be fine, you know. So she was still dealing with her trial at that time. And he he was like, I'll be back in a few weeks. She was like, No, I want you to go. Again, so supportive. They communicate so well, such great chemistry. Love them as a couple on the show. So she, she, of course, you know, she starts hanging out with the male coworker. They're doing capoeira. They're going out for ice cream, you know. Um, she has a panic attack one day and he, oh, calms her down and censors her and grounds her. Or it'll be okay, you know. Then they keep flashing back to the scenes of them doing capoeira. They're getting close and he's, you know, his strong body is holding her arms and she feels so supported. So she comes to the decision after a while and (laughs) she comes to the decision after a while that she wants to be in a relationship with him because he explains to her that he is in a polygamous relationship. He's like, oh yeah, I have a girlfriend, but my girlfriend has a boyfriend. So I date other people. And it's like, once she hears that, it clicks in her head, like, I want to be in a relationship with this man. And I'm just sitting there watching the show, like, I wish I could see my face right now. Cause I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like never in your life have you ever thought of being polygamous? Like Isaac is enough man. And she admits that she's like, I got a good man and I don't want to lose, but I'm having feelings for Deontay. And I think I might want to be in a relationship with Deontay. And I'm just like, writers, writers. And I always got to talk to the writer's room on This Is Us because they be coming for my feelings every week and I don't like that. But this time I I had to talk to the writer's room at Good Trouble like, writers, what are y'all doing? This is the only on this whole show the only healthy stable relationship on this whole show, and they're black, and hey, y'all gonna y- y- y'all gonna mess it up with 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 her wanting this other man now the idea of polygamy that ain't the part that bothers me, like I said. <laughs> Do you boo? Okay, I am full support of polygamy, but it's coming out of left field for me. It's, I'm like, wait, never has, and I understand it's a show. They got to keep going, you know. They got to throw stuff in there. They got to keep people watching, and it's keeping me watching. All right, so they doing what they supposed to do. I get it, but I'm just like, can we just please, especially on Freeform? Can we please have a healthy black relationship that is not damaged? Like, I really, I know, I know the show has to have drama. That's, it has to, it has to have conflict. Nobody wants to read or watch a show where everything's perfect all the time. But I'm just like, the healthy black love. <laughs> I love to see it. And now their relationship is like on the outs because of her feelings. I mean, it was resolved in the last episode. He. He is, you know, he was he was like, you know what, I'm I'm open. Oh no, 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 no. He actually said he wanted to take a break. Yeah, because she brought him to therapy and she was she told him how she felt in therapy. I'm having feelings of wanting to be with him. And um, yeah, he was like, I think I need to take a break because I don't want to lose you. Um, and he he pretty much gave her a hall pass and was like, you pretty much have freedom to go do what you want to do with this man. Um, but when you're ready to come back to me, I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> Again. Don't know why she's fucking it up for this dude that she's only known for a few weeks, but whatever. Anyway, she was like, um, she told the the other guy, you know, Deontay, you know, I can't lose him. So I got to say goodbye to you, which I was like, all right, thank you. Please. Can we be done with the storyline? Like I could have did anything to like, Jij up there because also he had asked her to move in. Isaac asked her to move in with him. Like y'all could have had them arguing over that. Like that would have been better to me than for y'all to try to throw this random man into the mix and she all of a sudden like I want to be in a polygamous relationship. And and she never, never, never mentioned that before. Like I said, Isaac is enough man for her. That man is like six five. Okay. He got everything that she (laughs) needs. He got everything that she needs. Okay. So there was she's not lacking for nothing with that man. So for her to be like thinking that she sees something else in this other man, like that she needs, like you got a man that's like fine, caring, successful. He want to be with you. Like he puts it down in the bedroom. Like what more else do you want from this other dude that you don't even know? It was totally unbelievable. And I was like, this is some white shit. This is some white shit. Please stop messing up healthy black relationships, free form, because y'all did it to Jazz and Doug on Grownish, and I'm not here for it. Let black people be in love. Let them argue over the little stuff that the white people be arguing over, you know, like who left the dish in the sink or, you know what I'm saying? Like, something like that. Like, y'all, y'all got her having this life crisis. Like, she just damn near escaped life in prison, and y'all got her having this life crisis about wanting to be with a second man and have a polygamous relationship? Like, what the fuck? And even when she told him, when she brought Isaac to therapy and told him, he was like, I can't deal with this. Because he was thinking in his head, this is some white shit. (laughs) Please stop messing up the the healthy black relationships. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm glad y'all resolved it in the last episode. I hope that the only issues that Malika and Isaac have going forward on Good Trouble is... Where uh, you know which apartment which neighborhood should they live in? That's the only thing they need to be arguing over because, they the their relationship is fine. <laughs> so um, I also want to talk about this new documentary that I just came across on Hulu the other night. I was just like scrolling, and it's about Nickelodeon, and it's about the orange years of Nickelodeon. Y'all know y'all know what the orange years are those. Those were the golden years, right? Like, yeah. So it's called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. It's actually from 2018, but I had never, I didn't hear about it, hear anything about it. But I watched it on Hulu last night um, and it was good. It was good. Um, I was like working while I was watching it. So I wasn't like all the way tuned in, um, but it basically started from like Nickelodeon's inception from um all the way up to probably like when spongebob started because that's when it became like a little bit more commercial and they started like um licensing and you know they started they started doing what versus did you know they started getting white money so um even though it was started by white people they started getting white money after spongebob so it didn't have the same you know effect um but it was nice to like hear about the start of, of a lot of the, a lot of our shows that we're fans of, that we were fans of when we were younger, like the Rugrats and Blues Clues and all that. And, um, even stuff that like, if you, your brain probably, if you saw it and heard it, your brain would unlock, like things like, Hey Dude. Like I know I didn't watch Hey Dude when I was, um, younger. Like I know I did not watch that show, but like seeing the title card, it unlocked, a memory for me. Like I may have been sitting down watching Nickelodeon and, you know, it came up and I probably turned away from the channel or got up or did whatever. Um, unlock the memory, Pete and Pete, the adventures of Pete and Pete. I only watched one episode of that show. The one where he got the, um, I think it was like a George Washington candy or something stuck up his nose or something. That was the only one I watched. Um, but that brought back memories to see that. Um, what else did they have? They had. They talked about like a few of the early shows. Clarissa explains it all. Um, Ren and Stimpy um Rugrats like I said they talked about like the development of Rugrats why it looked so ugly the first season like remember how trash the animation was on Rugrats in the early seasons (laughs) but it was intentional they were saying because you know when babies come out they don't come out looking cute you know they come out looking rough (laughs) so they want to draw the babies looking rough um so that was cool um Doug they talked about they showed like how they found the woman who uh, voiced Patty Mayonnaise. They show like a clip of a commercial she did. And she had the Patty Mayonnaise voice and they were like, that's the one we want. Um, so that was nice. They had like some of the all that cast members come and talk about all that, Keenan and Kel. Yeah, it was just like, it was really, 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 really nice. It was very nostalgic. Um, I feel like there were other things that I hope they would have talked about, like kablam. Am I the only one in the world that remembers Kablam? Like somebody, I know somebody out there remembers Kablam, but it came on Nickelodeon, and I thought it was such a funny show. It had because it was like it was like Robot Chicken before Robot Chicken. It was really a good show, and I wish they would have talked about it. I don't hear and I don't hear a lot about that show. Um, I remember they used to have the Prometheus and Bob sketch on there. That was comedy, and the um. I don't remember the little superhero action figure one, but that one was funny. So yeah, there was some stuff. Um, Wild and Crazy Kids, they didn't really talk too much about. They talked about Double Dare, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like how Nickelodeon was really like designed to be a place for kids. And it was uh, it was designed to be enjoyed by kids and children. Oh, they talked about Nick News. Nick News was great. Like it was a way to like talk about issues that were going on in the world in a way that kids could understand and feel comfortable about. Um, they talked about like when Magic Johnson came on there, talked about being diagnosed with uh HIV. And it was just like to see to be a kid and like watching something like that on TV, you know, like those are the things that kids are gonna hear about, they need to know about, but it needs to be done in a safe way. So I I definitely remember Nick News. I remember when um George Bush, I was about to say George Washington, child. Uh, you are not, <laughs> you are not that old. <laughs> I remember when George Bush, George W. Bush, okay? Not, damn, not H.W., George W. Bush. And um, Al Gore, were, you know, were running for president in 2000. I remember Nick, they had like an election special on Nickelodeon for it. And I was just like, did they have something like that for kids? do they have something like that for kids now? Like, was this some place that like kids could watch? I don't know. Like, did the kids watch when Trump was elected? Did they understand what that meant? Did they watch the Trump Biden election, you know? So I remember watching those things on Nickelodeon and it was just, it was a good place. It was a good place. They talked about Nick Jr. They talked about, um, hi here, face there. Remember face? um they did a lot of innovative things with that because nobody was doing that stuff back then like slime getting slimed and all of that stuff like nobody was doing that for kids snick they talk about snick remember saturday night like for like two hours they had it on lock with the shows and you would like because kids you a kid you're not really out on saturday night well these kids these days are they have lives and itineraries that are more packed and full than mine. Their social calendars are just totally booked. But like back in the day, in the 2000s and, you know, in the 90s, we was at home on a Saturday night mostly. And that was what was on TV. Just good, good, good programming. So I really enjoyed that documentary. I think, you know, if you want to take a little trip down memory lane, um, definitely check it out. The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. Something I wish I was a filmmaker. <laughs> Something I would do is like make a documentary on how TV used to be black. You know, like the thing about Old Nick is that it was black and unapologetically so. Like Kenan and Kel, all that, you know, I, other shows, of course. Kablam, there was a, you know, one of the little co hosts, Cartoon Boys, was black but just TV in general was just black and unafraid to be black. And, oh, my brother and me. Remember my brother and me? Then we had one season. Um, Taina, even Taina, right? Like, it was just, there was so much ethnic diversity on TV back in the 90s and 2000s that you just do not see anymore. Oh, Keenan and um they were talking in the documentary some other black actors who have been featured on nickelodeon too were speaking i wish they had touched on that by speaking about how tv used to look versus now because i was thinking i was like do kids have black shows anymore like you know like uh, that are not afraid like the proud family that are just like black and okay with it alicia keys mariah carey like were guest starring lou rawls was guest starring on the proud family and like they, they listened to hip hop and they were dancing and they dealt with things and related to black children and it was just beautiful and it was great. And everybody loved the show, whether they were black or not, but specifically black children loved that show. So I was like looking it up. I was like, let me do a Google search because that's what I do. Um, and there are some shows that exist now. Uh, that are specifically dedicated to black characters. So one of the first ones that came up for like the mid-grade was um, Raven's Home. Which is a show that when it first came out, I actually watched it because I enjoyed it. I was a big fan of that. So Raven. Um, Raven is the queen of millennials. I mean, <laughs> if she's not to you, then I'm sorry. You know, in her later years, you know, she got a little kooky and crazy. But growing up, she was that girl. Um, So I was excited to see her back on Disney Channel with Raven's Home. I think that is a great show um, that shows representation. I was thinking of shows like Doc McStuffins, but I know like that it's not on the air anymore. So I'm looking at like other shows. I see like Motown Magic on Netflix. Uh, Beano and Fino. All right. It's on this. um, It's set in Nigeria, which is pretty cool. Nella and the Princess Knight. That one's actually on Nick Jr., But a lot of these are not on network television, like a lot of them are on Netflix or YouTube, you know, places where you have to go search for them. Like you can just flip a channel and be there already, which is interesting. Right. Like it's not accessible. Um, But then this list, like it gets a little drier as it goes on. Right. Like some of the suggestions they have for um, teenagers are like Dear White People, Queen Sugar. I'm like those are not teen shows (laughs) Um, (laughs) in the least bit. You know, Grownish is up there, which, you know, I yes, I like. Cloak and Dagger by Marvel, Black Lightning, that's a great example. All American. <laughs> but I'm I'm talking about like kids, like kids, little kids shows. Like you don't see it anymore. And it's sad because T V used to be it used to be black, it used to feature black people, like all that. TLC sang the theme song, like beyonce sang the theme song for Proud family (laughs) you know with destiny's child and solange but you won't get things like that anymore and it makes me sad makes me sad um i know there is one show that i did see has some like black music in it and not in a satire joking kind of way the way like family guy does it is um craig of the creek that's a show that's on Cartoon Network. And I saw one with a mom dressed up like Missy Elliott from the Can't Stand the Rain video for Halloween. And she was dancing to it. I thought that was fly. I was like, oh shoot, sure, okay. We black. <laughs> but yeah, I I, I hope that I, you know, I don't I don't want my blackness to become a uh, a packaged commodity, but I would like to see more representation, especially in children's shows. Just featuring like black elements, black music and stuff, you know what? I'm about to go watch an episode of the proud family right now because i can't so i mean i don't i think i talked enough mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i talked enough thank you guys thank you guys so much for continuing to listen and continuing to you know be patient with me as i'm like going on my journey of life and ah, i'm trying to keep it all together and stuff but this is really helpful because you know I get to talk about things that I like uninterrupted <laughs> and I don't gotta be face-to-face with nobody do it. <laughs> so thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I definitely will be back next week with a new episode. I don't talked about a lot here to try to make up for two weeks. So I'm gonna have to you know, try to figure out, build up some stuff to talk about for next week. But until then, be blessed, be well, and you know, be yourself. Peace. J. Chase got beat